0: Ayo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean Seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy But we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked We got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USPI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer Like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido She ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things And we'll do them again Tonight's the white party But we blacking it out Cause we got the drink package And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leads from
1: Hello Borden. and welcome You're ladies and gentlemen to the always be booked cruise cast show coming to you not quite live. Well, actually not at all live. I- I've been saying not quite live for a very long time. There's nothing live about this show. I can tell nobody's hearing it. The only I mean, the only people that might be hearing it is the uh, unfortunate, unsuspecting neighbor, neighbor. If you're hearing this, I am sorry, but, you know, hey, listen, you're not always so quiet yourself, are you? Uh, anyway, this is the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast show. My name is Tommy Casabona. I'm your host through better or for better or worse, through thick and through thin. And what we do is a cruise show here. You know what I mean? We have a lot of conversations about cruising. We also do it in the Facebook group, which is the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. We have some fun there. We build a little community. Right. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of stuff. We have the emails. If you guys want to email the show, be a part of the show. Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. We have an Instagram. Guess what it's called? Always Be Booked. You guys nailed it. Told you, I swear I have the smartest audience in all of podcasting. So I'm just happy you guys are here. Let's jump into it. By the way, like I said, uh, this is a cruising show. I'm going to start off with a mini rant, not a crazy rant, but a mini rant about Uber Eats. uh, And if you are new to the show, this show is an acquired taste. I've been told that you you get to like it more and more the more you listen to it. And the emails confirm that. The emails that I do get, they come in and they say, Tommy, you are right. I couldn't stand you at first. Well, hey, listen. We walk through this journey together. We battle through it together. Anyway, yeah, I I just have to get it off my chest with these Uber Eats people. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, this is um, it's 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 borderline criminal what they charge the upcharges. But uh, do not there there hell hath no fury like the lazy cruise fan. Okay, if I'm sitting around in my apartment and uh, I have the income currently right now to be able to pay twenty five dollars extra. For a Big Mac or for a salad or whatever, I see what I did that went both ends of the spectrum so as to not disclude the people who want to be healthy or the slobs among us, myself included. By the way, guys, uh, I'm tangenting myself into oblivion here, but I got a weight loss uh, situation going on. You know what? It gets real for me. It gets real when I post the chart on the whiteboard. When I post the chart. And I say, basically, all right, by this date, I want to weigh this. By that date, I want to weigh this. And then here's the goal, and here's where we go. It seems like that's the only thing that's really going to get the lawnmower going. You know what I mean? Lawnmower meaning you try to start it three or four times, and, you know, it almost starts. It putt, putt, putts, and then it finally goes. Anyway, talking about Uber Eats. Okay, this this is nothing, nothing more disappointing than a failed Uber Eats order. Is there, you know, the fact that they do charge you on top of it. So like how they get their money, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll charge you. It'll be like, uh, if you walked into the deli, you'd walk out of there paying 12, 14 bucks, but because of the tax, the extra fee, which nobody knows what that is. And then the delivery charge. And then the tip on top of that, it ends up being $34 for the same. And you know what? Do I, how bad do I really want to leave my house right now? So you end up doing it, especially if it's late at night. Right. So first and foremost, we, we we can't forget the drinks. OK, if you're if you're Uber Eats, if you're Postmates, if you're Grubhub, if you're DoorDash, if you're Delivery Dudes, if you're Seamless, whatever you may be. Did I get everybody? Probably not. There's probably some local ones out there. But, you know, you have such good restaurant options. And in some cases, I'm happy to pay extra. On top, but when this delivery comes and there is no drink, I, at that point, am capable of murder. Okay, uh, because they don't have an answer for it. If you here's a, here's, a, here's two things, two hints. So if you're an Uber Eats driver or a delivery app driver. You gotta have a cooler in your car, okay? Something just the basics. Have a Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite. Just some of the basics. Bottled water. Uh, you know what the water people? They don't. They don't. They're not involved with this. But if you know what I'm talking about, you fellow you know slobs out there, if you know if you were, let's just say you went Italian or you went sandwich or you went whatever, you know you order a you know let's just say you ordered a a, a penne alla vodka, you know, and you comboed up on the shrimp. Maybe you got a couple pieces of bread. Maybe you didn't eat all day, so you got an appetizer. Maybe a side of sausage, side of meatballs, whatever you did, whatever you did. Uh, Maybe, maybe if it's from a pizza restaurant, you know, New York, you just there a dime a dozen pizza places. They all have the pasta dishes too. You know, let me combo up and get a slice. Maybe a little slice, well done. Throw it in there, heat it up, brown it up a little bit, crispy crust the way we like it up here in New York. Not that doughy Chicago casserole crap that you guys eat. you know when you're ready for that meal to come on in, and then you know you're waiting. Okay, your driver is 35 minutes away. You're waiting. Okay, bang through a couple of YouTube videos, maybe a show, whatever. Get on the phone. You know you can't get you can't make a, you can't make too serious of a call after you put the Uber, Uber Eats order in, because if it's one of those calls where you know you're going to spend 45 minutes on, uh, or an hour on the phone, like I do with my dad a lot of times, and some of my other friends who don't live near me, um, you can't make those calls. Because when that food comes here, you're not looking for a song and dance on how to get off the phone. You don't want to come up. Oh Well, my meal's here. I got to go. Leave the call. Wait for the call for for after. You know what I mean? But when that driver shows up, gives you the bag, and you feel around right away, and there's no cold can. You're feeling around. You feel the nice hot dish you just ordered, but there's no cold can beside it. Oh, no good. No good. And the drivers, they don't really have an answer for you. There's no help. They just basically tell you, uh, sorry, don't know what to tell you. Call the restaurant. Here's what I like that they say. We'll give you a refund. We'll refund you. Like I give a crap about the $35 order you just gave me, and you're going to credit me $2.50, and now I'm sitting here drinking tap water with my delicious freaking, uh, you know. So, you know, I haven't done this you know uber Eats is pretty good if you complain about something that hadn't gotten delivered they'll take it off for you you know they'll they'll take it off for you pretty much no questions asked now i don't abuse that okay i'm i'm a respectable uberitist uber, Eatist, uber U- uberitarian uh yes uberitarian is the name for my species uberitarian uh, many many uber Eats orders so i don't uh I don't abuse my privileges there, okay? So I, I, I called the other day, and I called the woman at Vincent's Pizzeria in Limbrook, and I said, I didn't get my drink. Like, okay, we'll give you a credit. Uh, the credit doesn't really help. So now when I leave a review, because they're all so review conscious, this is the thing. If you're going to be up my ass about reviews like the whole world is, don't you feel like you're just in one giant review? You can't get anything done. Without a review, I feel like if you got arrested by a cop and you made bail, you posted bail before you leave, you'd have to fill out the survey. How did you feel the jail was today? Press five if it was adequate. Press four. Tell us what your imprisonment experience was like today. I feel like that's everything is a survey at the end. Now, if you're going to do a survey. Now, I didn't even do this yet. I was going to go on to Yelp and I was going to complain and write a negative one-star, whatever I could, about it because they did not care. They basically said they wouldn't. There was no amount of money I could pay to get somebody to deliver a Diet Coke out with this delicious meal that I had. Uh, And she seemed pretty apathetic. And, you know, I was just going to, you know, just say everything sucked. And then your argument could be like this. Well, why would you say everything sucked? You got your meal. It's not, Tommy, it's not fair for you to uh, disrespect or... uh, Devalue or 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 review uh, put put a, put a bad review in for a delicious meal just because you didn't get your beverage. That's not fair to the meal. Well, I say BS because that meal is not anywhere as good with that delicious, fresh, bubbly, sweet yet salty Diet Coke that comes down you down down your down your throat when you when you eating it right? Three or four bites, what's your rule? Three or four bites, then a little mini sip back in three or four bites and mini sip. You know, if you don't get that little blast of sweet carbonation, that, that, that little fructose syrup snap that you get, right? Isn't that fructose syrup? Whatever the hell it is, I can't read the ingredients either. Whatever it is, it's delicious. And if you don't get that, the meal is not the same, so I'm not going to give you a good review on the meal. Here's quickly. We'll get into some cruise stuff. What we're going to talk about today, guys, is my favorite venues on a cruise ship. On On the cruise ships that I've been on, what are some of my favorite venues? And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the venues that I want to eventually get on that I really am excited to get get into that I haven't yet. Uh, but what happened the other day, and this has nothing to do with the drink, so the Uber sort of came, and I... I guess this is the second time this happened. I ordered, and it was late night. You guys know I come home from work late. So I ordered an uh, eggplant parmesan on a panini from the local place that was open late. They didn't send that. They took it upon themselves to send a tomato fresh mozzarella panini with a little basil on, with a little basil on it. So I'm like, all right, they did that to me like maybe like a few months ago. And I'm not sure why. I guess that's the standard substitution. If the eggplant isn't made or if it's not available, they'll just send you that. Odd. Very odd. But no talk of why. No pre-call. No alert. They have that option on Uber Eats to say, hey, we're out of this item. Would you like to select it? None of that. They just took it upon themselves to send me a cold. That's part of it, too. Sauceless. Fresh mozzarella and um, and and and, and, a, and, a, and a and tomato sandwich panini. And I basically said, you know what? This this is not going to stand this time because that's not a soda. That's a that's a twelve twelve dollar and fifty cent item. With the upcharge, it's close to sixteen bucks. I'm getting my money back for that. Okay. Now I know what you're saying, Tommy. I know I know what you're saying, Tommy. You you, you definitely ate the freaking thing. Of course I ate the crap out of the thing. I ate it before, before, as soon as it landed. But then I thought, I was like, you know, I really should complain. Now, here's where I'd like to know your your stance on this. Because I think I still have the right to complain. I didn't get what I wanted. I was hungry. I was not going to wait again. And I ate it. But then I complained to Uber Eats through the app. Click past orders. Need help with an order. Yes. Wrong or missing items. Missing item or wrong item. I wrote wrong item. And then I said, I asked for a. Eggplant Parmesan. What I got was a tomato mozzarella panini. And then they said, okay, please provide a picture with evidence. So here's where the conundrum came in, guys. What I did, what I and by the way, this is what you get on the Patreon. <laughs> If you're interested, we have a Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash always be booked. For five dollars a month, you'll get some extra shows. We've been doing it this year, this month. You know, there's been three or four. So that's the Patreon. So this is kind of what it's like. These types of rants or whatever you want to say, anything that's going on. A lot of cruise related, a lot of not cruise related, a little bit of mix of both. So, uh, so where are we? So, so now they want a picture, right? They want a picture. I don't know if they know this or not, but this is 2022. While this is the next day, I'm making this complaint, mind you. I didn't do. I didn't get to it that night. I ate, watched a little TV, passed out. Remembered. All right, yeah, they did that to me. It shouldn't stand. Went back on. Thought I was just going to be able to say what happened, and then they'll give me the, uh, the. They'll give me my money back. This time, they demanded a picture. Uh, uh I don't know if they know or not, but this is 2022, right? So for me. To do a Google search to image for a picture of a tomato, mozzarella, panini, not that difficult. Now, is that moral? Is that morally proper to do that? I'll stand by what I said, and I'll make the judgment call and say, yes, it is. Okay. I got the wrong food. It did not come. And this place has screwed up orders before in the past that I've let go. You know, And when I say for a little side item, sometimes you get a little taste. Little little side of bread, side of this, side of that, bag of chips, whatever. And it doesn't always come. But if I end up being satisfied with the meal, don't, meal I don't always report them. So here's where we are now. I got a decision to make. I do. I go to Google Images. I get a picture of a tomato mozzarella sandwich. I close in on it. I crop it in so that you don't see a lot of the background, the production, the hands in the background, whatever else uh, they put in there. And I use that as the picture. Now, Full disclosure, for my credit, I wrote in the description, this is a fake picture. This is a fake picture that I got off the internet because this is the next day. Now, I left out the part that I ate it, but I ate it. I got the wrong item. They refunded me at well, something like $16, $17. I got no problem sleeping tonight. I have no problem saying the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning. It's It is what it is. I don't know, but the drink thing—I think they have to. If I, if like I, I'm an Uber Eats consumer, and I'm an Uber Eats, uh, I guess uh, from a restaurant standpoint, if I, if I was Uber Eats, I would put a full-out campaign and make sure that I said to everybody, uh, "Don't forget the drink." I would have that built into the tablets that sit at the hostess stands or in the common areas of any restaurant for any of the employees to, I guess, uh, fulfill the orders. I would have a pop-up that comes up. There's it? don't forget the Bev. Don't forget the beverage. Don't forget the beverage because I'm telling you right now, it ruins it. Now, am I still going to use uh, Uber Eats? Less. Less. I will use them less because I did sign up for Factor. Factor, whatever the number is. Where they send you meals. This is a lot of freaking food talk for A, a cruise podcast, and B, someone who just started the whole show by telling you he's going to lose 50 pounds, right? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the topic of the show today is about venues on cruise ships. We love to go to cruise We love to go on cruises. We love to get on cruise ships. We love the destinations that they take us to. We love everything surrounding all of those things, but when you really 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 love cruising and you really start to savor those moments in our endless search for PCB pure cruise bliss, what you what you are going to be able to zero in on Is some of those famous uh famous and favorite venues that you like to go to that you find yourself gravitating towards once you get on a particular ship and uh i have a good amount of them i don't know if you i would love to hear from you guys tommy at alwaysbebooked.com please call to action Call to action. Please email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, and let me know what some of your favorite venues on any cruise ship might be. Um, just where you gravitate to. I know I'm going to get some Solariums. You know, Solarium for me is not as much, or maybe some Serenities. But, you know, they, did, they, they were probably honorable mention for me, but they didn't necessarily make the list. I'm going to give you my list without further ado. I'm going to start it now. And just keep in mind that I'm not. Going to do it in any particular order. Everybody knows. Yes, the Car- the uh, Carnival Splendor aft pool is one of them. Spoil spoiler alert. But that's uh, not what we're going. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna add one right now. All right, let's start it up, ladies and gentlemen. My official list of favorite cruise ship venues. All right, so if uh, you've ever heard of it, there's a little. Small little cruise line out there just trying to get by. It's called Carnival Cruise Line. And if you've ever been on any of their newer ships, or you know, a lot of the old ones have been installed, but not, no, no, this is mostly the newer ships. We're not talking about Guy's Burger here. We're talking about Guy's Pig and Anchor because it's, you know, this was on the horizon. Now, the horizon in no way, shape, or form was one of my favorite ships. But what I did love was Guy's Pig & Anchor for a couple of reasons. They had live, what do you want to call it, rock, country, folk music, acoustic acts all the time. That was nice. It had delicious barbecue. That was enjoyable. It had some some of the best drinks on board as well. That was also great. But my favorite part about that was the fact that they had a, they had a brewery on board. Now, they used to do it on the Red Frog, and they the carnival was probably – one of the first if not the first to do the breweries at sea but they switched it over from the red frog and moved it into they made it a guy's thing uh guy fieri from uh guy fieri guy fieri however you want to say it uh from the food network fame and he they they put a brewery in there and so delicious now the beers they offer now you can get them by draft and they actually sell them from the can too as well so you have the parched pig and it's a west coast ipa they also have another version of the parched pig which is a toasted amber i didn't try the toasted amber uh, and that's usually my favorite kind of beer. I had the IPA, the West Coast IPA. It was absolutely delicious. And they have what they call the Thirsty Frog Caribbean Wheat. So that's those are the three big sellers. And what's also cool about that venue is that you can sign up for a tour of the brewery, too. And they'll give you a full example of how they brew the beer, the whole process. And I think I was fascinated when I went on the Paradise because I was... Back then, working at Crazy Uncle Mike's, and you know, I, I I was pretty. I didn't. I wasn't the brewmaster by any stretch of the imagination. But I would see what he would do uh, all day, and it was kind of cool on brewing day when you had to cook up the hops and the barley or whatever the process is. They put them in the big steam tanks, and you know, the the whole place would kind of it, it would it would aromate. Is that the right word? It would aromate. It would aromatize through throughout the whole venue, and it was cool. It was really, really cool. It was like something cool was happening. And when you know it became tr- time to try it, it was awesome. Like everybody wanted to try it first. Uh, you know whether it's the light beer, whether it was the sour, whether it was the stout, whether it was the amber, the IPA. You know, every, it was it was always a big day when you got to try the beer fresh from being. You know, I guess from. What would be the word completion? You know what I mean? From the whole start of the process to the end. And our brewmaster took a lot of pride. And when I got on the carnival ship, I really enjoyed that as well. And I liked it too because, you know, I have always famously said on this show that while I do have an enthusiasm for enjoying alcoholic beverages, I do not subscribe to the whole craft cocktail scenario as much as a lot of people would now of course uh, in my business eh, the trends everything I've had to just by default had to gravitate over to that sort of end of things and develop at least somewhat of an appreciation for it I just think there's a happy medium you know my stance on it it's like i I don't I can't justify like it, it's a bit to me it's a little bit of a I don't know this could be in my mind, but it's a hypocrisy that we all got to have these fancy cocktails where, like, really, like, are we just, are we really not just trying to get a little buzz going out here? I mean, who's, if you're really thirsty, if you're thirsty and you want to, is any of this shit better than an iced tea? I don't think so. But... At the end of the day, I started getting a little bit of an appreciation for it. Now, I still think even we go too far. Like, who who are we as a society, uh, you know, just for trying to catch a buzz, all the hoops these bartenders and these barbacks have to go through with dehydrating fruit and uh, cutting cutting up um, uh, all these garnishes and picking flowers, edible orchids, uh, grounding up nutmeg lighting things on fire i mean especially on a cruise ship we're lighting things on fire but let me say that to say the rule rule of thumb it should never take longer to make the drink than it does for me to drink it right all you're doing at the end of the day is really slowing down the service aren't we you know make the drink simpler more people can have a drink i've turned around a little bit on that Okay. Now, I wouldn't say it's a full 180 like it is with the fantasy class. You know what I mean? A little foreshadowing there uh, for this podcast. But I will say that I have kind of, you know, the smoked old fashioned, there is something to be said for it. I've always been a little bit of a fan of kind of like a, a smoky cocktails or smoky hot sauces that's my whole barbecue uh i guess fanaticism coming into play with that so i transferred it over to the cocktail end of it and yeah it is a little bit of an elevated experience when you're you know you you, you get that little burnt you know i always like things well done you know my like i said my pizzas i like you know burnt you almost can't you almost can't make it burnt enough for me with the pizza. I like a black charred coal fire crust. That's what I like. And I guess that transfers over to the drinking a little uh the drinking a little bit. So in that regard, I do uh enjoy that like a smoked old fashioned but you can't get too elaborate with it. You can't get stuck going in there crushing up uh you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta have somebody rub your back while you drink it upside down, while 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 we light it on fire, while we throw six different types of plants in there and then you have to smell it six times first, do a backflip, uh roll around on the floor and then sip it to get the full experience. Like that's where it's going. A lot of times. It's just getting a little too much. In my opinion, it's getting a little too much. But in this particular venue, where can you go on a cruise, ship to a venue where you can actually walk in there, get some really, really good music, tour a brewery, have some homemade beer that was brewed on the ship, literally on the ship, and get a nice uh, smoked old-fashioned and some legitimate Actual legitimate barbecue, and that's what it is. That's uh, that's why Guy's Pig and Anchor, and again, not to be in con- Guy's burger is not <laughs> it's up there too, but it's a burger joint. But Guy's Pig and Anchor is definitely one of my favorite venues on any cruise ship I've ever been on. And my experience there was on the uh, Carnival Horizon we're gonna move on unique one here uh it goes from unique to not unique because it was a venue on that I experienced on both the oasis of the seas and the harmony of the seas and it was called dazzles Dazzles was an old school like I don't know I, I got such scarface but vibes like the Babylon Club just I mean glitzy kind of like 80s type of a of a of a feel, uh, real like Copa Cabana vibes, whatever you want to call it. You walk in there, it's two levels. If you walk in on the ground level, you'll see seating on either side of you, and it's it 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 walks that line perfectly between an entertainment venue and like a social club or a bar that you can kind of interact with people at. And, you know, the decor in there was kinda of flashy and glitzy and it was all like it actually just if it was if if Royal Caribbean had one venue on it that reminded you of a carnival venue, a carnival cruise line venue. This was Dazzles, and it was situated right. It was actually a lot of people, since the Oasis class of ships was so big, where it was situated, I think it was on deck eight. You know what I mean? On the decks that it was on, it was pretty much nothing but Dazzles. It overlooked the boardwalk, And the whole the boardwalk I could do a show on basically things I like and don't like about the boardwalk, but I overall love it. But yeah, there's just I think there's just a miss so much missed opportunity on the boardwalk, but it overlooked the boardwalk. But you know, like I said, it's just such a giant ship, giant class of ships that you know there's so much entertainment and venues clustered all around that this one is kind of on an island, and you'll miss it if you don't see it. So it's two levels. So the first level was the. You know, the 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 ground level with the stage with a little bit of a dance floor with a bar and some seating. And then upstairs was also another bar, but also some overhead seating that you could look down and kind of get a little I guess bird's eye view of some of the entertainment and of the dance floor as well. And that was Dazzles. Now here's the interesting part. And it's almost like it was it was perfect. You know, they made starting with the Quantum class of cruise ships, Royal Caribbean developed an, a venue called the um, what, what, what was it called? The Music Hall. And that was basically tailor-made for Dazzles. If they wanted to take Dazzles and bring it into the new age Royal Caribbean, that it was almost perfectly laid out to convert into a Quantum class style music hall. So they kind of got rid of the glitz and the glamour a little bit, a little less flashy, a little less 1982, uh, which I mean, I like the 1982, but they made it a little bit more hip, contemporary, more rock and roll. And upstairs in front of the bar, they put a pool table. So that's what they did with that. But either way, how no matter how you slice it, it was just a cool venue to be in because, you know, how you guys know in, in these on these ships how much I love the roving band. You know what I mean? That really talented four or five people band that has the guy and the and the female singer that can both kind of just they can sing and play anything whatever you want to hear they'll play contemporary classics old school even hip-hop they do it all and they sound great and that's where on royal caribbean ships at least the quantum and the oasis class ships that's where they seem to dwell mostly they're in there and then while you're doing that you can do uh, whatever else you want. Uh, you can hang out with your friend and have a drink or whatever, or your family, whoever you came on the cruise with, or you can dance on the dance floor, or you can just sit there and literally be a spectator as though you're at a concert at a at a at you know, basically a music hall. And like I said, with the music hall venue, they have the pool table component that casuals it down a little bit. So it is a, it is a really comfortable venue that you can kind of do anything in that you want and it's just when I'm on those ships it's a place I feel at home I'll just roll in there at any time and a lot of times it's it's not you know those ships are so big so people miss it people will do a seven seven day cruise or an eight day cruise and never have gotten to see the musical or the formal the the venue formerly known as dazzles but that is definitely one of my favorite places to go on any cruise that i'm ever on on a royal caribbean ship if they have that venue all right moving on carnival we're back to carnival we're going to the, vet, the, to, to, to the cruise ship that was my first ever cruise. And it's called the Carnival Miracle, and it's called the Mat- Mad Hatter's Ball Lounge, or the Mad Hatter's Lounge, whatever. It is. I don't know if it's the Ball Lounge, Lounge, Ball, Ball, Mad Hatter's, okay? So this is, uh, and let's talk about the Miracle for a second, and that class of ships. It's just different. We're not going to get into that now. We're going to maybe get into it on another uh, podcast. But that class of cruise ships is just different. Just look at the where the floors are. Let's just put it like this, okay? This is all you need to know about um, uh, 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 the nightclub and this venue, Mad Hatters, is on deck one, okay? Deck one. What cruise ship on earth do you know of? Modern day cruise ship that you know of, any cruise ship, is putting major, major venues on de- on decks one and two. Nothing. They reversed the whole game. They changed the whole game. Now, Joe Farkas was the legendary, uh, longtime designer of Carnival and architect of Carnival cruise ships. And, uh, you know, he really, really started getting crazy with this one. And this theme. For the uh, Carnival Miracle, the theme for this cruise ship was fictional characters. And you'll notice that every single venue on that cruise ship was named after a fictional character. And this one is Mad Hatter's Ball Lounge. And, you know, this was the first venue I was ever in on a cruise ship. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I'd never been on a cruise. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know about any type of cruise communities or anything. I didn't even know to research. Right, I was like, "Listen, they gotta all be the same, right?" I'm going on a cruise. Let them do the rest, and, I, and that's a fair—that's a fair way to look at it. Even still today, even people who are seasoned cruisers, listen, I'm going on a cruise. Okay, we'll find out when we get there. I'd like to be surprised. I don't want to know what the hell's going on. I'll figure something out. We'll we'll we'll, we'll real we'll we'll know what to do. We'll go with the flow. And that's kind of what I did on the first cruise. And and it, and I was upset. Obsi- I, I wasn't upset because I didn't know what I didn't know, right? But anyway, we get on this cruise ship, we go into the room, and we did not, as normal uh, as we should have, uh, unpacked expeditiously, workman-like, we did not put the luggage under the bed. We were rookies. So me and Michelle, at the time, we got on the ship, basically didn't even unpack, and we went to dinner. And after dinner, it was like, all right, what else is there to do? Oh, there's a comedy show. Let's go to the comedy show. And we went to the comedy show, and by now the ship had left, obviously, and we were probably, if I'm going to guess, probably parallel with maybe Maryland or, or or Virginia, whatever it was. But it was that North Atlantic in September effect, and neither one of us had ever been on a cruise. Now, I felt it. It was it was bobbing and weaving. It was like an essay, I, I could say looking back now, because I didn't know maybe like every cruise is like this. No, that was on the uh more rocky sides of any cruise I had been on. It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't like holy crap we're going over. It wasn't like I'm seasick, nothing, nothing like that. But I just remember going to this uh, th- going to this venue after dinner. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, what the hell kind of drugs is this guy on? It's just basically the whole room was modeled after Alice in Wonderland. And there was like, uh, you felt like you just took something between having a couple of after-dinner drinks, between uh, the rocking of the cruise ship, and I remember the night one scenario of me sitting there kind of like, oh, you know, this is a little bit more rocky than I had uh, ideally hoped for, okay? Uh, But then looking to my right, the girl that I brought with me was doubled over with her head between her legs about a foot and a half from the ground, just literally doubled over in her seat of nausea from the rocking. And I was like, again, I was like, Tommy, what have we done here? Eight, day, eight days of this. This is a disaster. I can handle it. It's not that bad. But young Michelle is not having the best go of it. Now, fast forward. The co- The comedian came on. He was absolutely hysterical. I think that might have been one of my favorite comedians. He was a, a, basically a guy in his maybe mid-50s, very politically incorrect. And it was a mixed audience in there, black people, white people. And he was going at everybody. He was literally going at everybody, but everybody loved him. They were laughing with him. It was a great, great exchange. He actually went so far as to say, when uh, some of the um, some of the black people were heckling him a little bit, he just go, "Will you shut up and let me do my show? What do we do? Advertise this cruise in Jet magazine?" And again, it's like they died laughing, they started laughing hysterical, and then there was more of a back and forth. And then they started, you know, that's one of the more beautiful things when like the races can come together and just make fun of each other, and even maybe, dare I say. Uh, touch on some of the ter- stereotypes when you know the intent it's all about intent it's joking it's back and forth and he even made a joke because it got a little edgy at one point and then he looked at uh, looked at all the people around that said look at all look at how scared all the white people are and he was he was a white guy and he was like look at all this scared! <laughs> look at how scared all the white people are and he's impersonating the scared white people stop upsetting them and then after the show Everybody got a drink. Everybody high-fived. I mean, there were people there that looked like, you know, you would, it was great. But she came out of it. She came out of it. Neither here nor there. We spent so much time in that venue during that cruise because I little did I know, uh, Michelle was the karaoke queen. And they were doing all sorts of – and the guy who was running the karaoke – he fell in love with her because what's a karaoke guy's job? Get people up to sing. Some people, sometimes people are apprehensive. Sometimes people need to get. And she wasn't like some. I mean, she wasn't some Aretha Franklin voice of an angel person. She had. She can carry a tune, and she was just. She was just doing a thing, and he. He loved her because she would be right up there. Don't stop believing every time. uh, Shania Twain, everything. She'd get the crowd going. And, you know, they asked her. You know, she was a real, you know, she was an alcoholic. It's so weird because I don't think of her like that at all. It's just so many people in the bar business that you don't think they're alcoholics. I swear this happened. She was just having fun the whole time. But yeah, we tied one on every single night. And this was before the freaking drink package. They didn't have a drink package back then. Can you imagine what my sign and sale built No, let's just not even I'm in a good mood. Let's not even bring that up. I mean it was like four grand. <laughs> was out of control, but she would get it. She would get after it, and she would sing karaoke, and she was a sweet girl. She wasn't one of those nasty, like, you know, annoying dr- drunk. She just – she was a bartender, and she liked to booze, not unlike your boy here. And uh, we she uh every night, it was just booze, drinks, and karaoke. And we made a nice little crew. There was an older gentleman who dressed up in a suit and tie every night, and I forgot his name, but he was solo. And he was probably in his late 70s, and he was solo cruising, but he did it right. He knew how to do it. He made friends with everybody. He was that guy on the cruise that everybody shook hands with when they walked past him. They waved him. They knew his name. Uh, let's call him Kenny. I don't know. Kenny, Oh, there he But he was in karaoke every night, too. He made such good friends with Michelle, um, and it was a great time. But we always went to that venue, always. And... Uh, like I said, the guy who was running karaoke would, would would bring her up and he asked her a few times, would you perform in the uh, karaoke all-star show? She didn't have quite... Because what they do, if you if you've seen them on those on those ships, sometimes I don't know if they still do it. Sometimes they'll be karaoke all week, and then the best ones of karaoke, they'll take them and they'll put them in the main theater, and they'll do it. They'll do an amateur night of just all car- the best of karaoke people, and put them in the main show lounge. And, and you know, Michelle did not quite have the gumption to do that, but it was funny. It was just around that time that on the last night of that cruise in that venue. Um, You know, she was a bartender. Like I said, she's in the scene. All the hot music that's coming out at that particular time. I think uh, the 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 song "Fu" by Outkast was just kind of uh, coming out, uh, and it just got released. So not all the people knew about it. The younger people knew about it. The people who, I mean, maybe the restaurant, bar people knew about it. DJs knew about it. But it hadn't hit the mainstream with, like, the regular 40 and over crowd, so they didn't really know. And on the last night, this was not in the main show lounge, but on the last night of regular karaoke, he had the song, but he said, no, I can't do that. This is a family cruise line, and... um. It's got foul language in it. it's the song is F.U. by Alkis you driving son I was like f you I, I just did a horrible version of it, but I think you might know the song I'm talking about, not with any help from the impression I just did of it. but she was so liked by this uh <laughs> this, this 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 um this karaoke coordinator that uh she, she he said, she convinced him, she's like, let me do it, let me do, let me do F you, let me do it, let me, and every, every night he would say no, but on the last night, he was like, okay, Michelle, I'm gonna let you do it tonight, I don't know, he probably was, like, literally in love with her, but, um, so <laughs> she did it, she gets on the stage, and, well, we're driving around town, and I was like, and then she does, she blows out a F you, like, literally, a, a, she didn't say F, she said the word, and you got to see these people looking at each other. And I'm sitting in the audience cheering her on. And I hear the people behind me thinking that she's making that up. She's like, oh, my goodness, sir. What have you done to her? What is Why is she? This is rage towards you. She's upset with you. Why?" You? They really thought that she was like, she was just, I'm like, it's just a song. This is the, I've never heard a song like this, especially on a carnival cruise ship. And then afterwards, everybody cleared out, and the guy was still there. And you know, we, we, we got a drink at the at the at the comedy club bar. Uh, it was a comedy club bar, but it's the karaoke bar too. Uh, and um, the guy was like nervous. He's like, "I'm hoping I still have a job tomorrow. I hope I hope I still have a job tomorrow." Uh, but Michelle, it was for you. You were worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> I was like, great job, Michelle. She sounded good, too, man. It was good. It was a great time. But that was the Mad Hatter's Lounge. And uh, if you're ever on Carnival Miracle, you'll know what I'm talking about. Wacky, wacky place. I feel like the new ones now, they just give them a name. You know what I mean? They just kind of give them. And, and and they're beautiful. They're very comfortable. They're very, very functional. You know, except. Oh, yeah. What is it? Limelight on the um, on the newer ships. Yeah, they get they get a little confused. That's another one of my favorite rooms in general just that hybrid main show lounge where you can do a karaoke you could do a nightclub night if you'd like to uh this and that and it's going to go into my i'm going to combo that up okay i can't combo it up all right it's for the same reasons why i like another venue but i'll i'll go through that venue fast because it's for the same reasons that i like this venue um all right so let's get into spice h2o i could tell you that that is one of the greatest times I've ever had on a cruise ship was when we uh, went on the um, Norwegian Escape and just had a great pre-cruise night at Live Nightclub in in South Beach. And we get on this ship and we got a crew of people with us and Stu and Hannah and other people that we met that we just befriended on day one or two that just every single night. You know what it was too, though? assistant cruise director was a guy that in my business i'd hire in a heartbeat because he got it some people are corny with it some people and they don't they don't they don't know any better it's not their fault they just get up there okay everybody now put your hands up yay who's right no no, no. there's people who do it and then there's professionals and this guy was a professional and he literally you could see in his mind he and that's what it takes In your mind, you like even when I DJ, you got to go up there if you're going to be handling a microphone in any way, shape, or form, and it's for a party. You need to convince yourself that you're Mick Jagger. You have to go. I I mean, you would see this guy walking up. We we always had the joke. We would say it every night because we get the mentality being in the business. This guy would be in his room probably talking himself up, psyching himself up like he was entering a world championship fight. Because he would come out there and he would go how many people already? and i mean i'm not doing it i mean i, I, I don't want to go too far with this but Max, he, he sold it he laid it out on the line you knew he was sweating he had to have a rag with him at all times and that's what it takes when you get a guy out there or a girl out there who's doing it like that Who's putting it out there to the level that you know what we're not? And then you provide that with the backdrop of you know the laser light show, or whatever they had, that beautiful screen that they had that was playing the actual videos with the DJ playing and mixing the music, and just knowing, like he said, like if you're like, oh, think about that if you're trying to achieve achieve some pure cruise bliss, right? And you got maybe five or six drinks in you, and you're on the back deck of a cruise ship, and it's nighttime, and nothing but the skies and the stars are out, and. And, and the DJ's playing that right set, and you got the right friends with you, and you're on the dance floor. And what, what what's what could be better than that? The only thing that could be better than that is what you have to look forward to the next day. And this guy just knew how to pull that string. Everybody having a good time tonight? Next stop, oh, a little place called Cozumel, Mexico. And the place would just erupt. The place would erupt. And then they would do this bit that got a little old, all right? It got a little old, so they got to stop doing it. I mean, I, I like bits too, but when they get a little, but they, um, they did a little thing where they stopped the music, right? They stopped the music and it was, let me give it credit because it's good. And you don't see this too often to this level on cruise ships. This type of a professional entertainment level, they stopped the music and then they basically allowed for some time to go for confusion. Well, chatter, what's going on? Chatter, chatter, chatter. What's happening? Did, did, did we lose power? What happened? And then he gets on the he gets on the microphone and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have to apologize. Uh, there are decks below us. Uh, it is getting a little bit late. We are trying to sleep. and They are trying to sleep. And unfortunately, it looks like we may have to uh, bring the music and the party down a few levels. We are so sorry. Um, you know, we're... And then the DJ goes into turn down for what, if you know that song, and the music goes way back up to the same level, because everybody's already in the mindset, oh my gosh, all right, maybe party's over, maybe we went too loud, okay, so, and then they bring you right back up, turn down for what, and then they go hard with the laser lights, he's back on the mic, the party's bigger, better, louder than ever, so it's, it's a great time, and well, they have the bar back there. They had the right bartender, nightclub style mentality. Bartenders were back there. And it's obviously, you guys know, I'm a sucker for the back of a cruise ship. And that's what Spice H2O did for us. And, uh, you know, that's what that particular guy, I forgot his name. I don't know where he is now, but uh, maybe I'll find out. Dave. Dave was his name. I don't have his last name. Uh, he was just, he was the assistant cruise director. Okay. And he was on the was it 2018, I believe it was 2018, on the uh, uh, the Norwegian Escape. And one of the best, one of the, probably, no, definitely... I got to see one of the best guys that was ever kind of like that master of ceremonies, starting the party type of guy, that was him. He crushed it. All right, moving on. Spinnaker nightclub gem, uh, Spinnaker lounge, whatever you want to call it. The Spinnaker is that same type of thing as the multipurpose room on the carnival ship. Sometimes they do stand-up comedy. Sometimes they do nightclub-related activity. Sometimes they do karaoke. You could do a bunch of stuff, but it's basically a... Uh, of, of sort of a theater, it's a theater, and it's a great, great, great comfortable venue. Like it has a full on dance floor, uh, of circuit. It's a circular round thing, round. I guess dance floor. The whole room is pretty much round, and it has full picturesque floor to ceiling wind windows all around. So it's cool to hang out during the day. So many different types of things go on in there. I saw an improv improv comedy show in there. I saw you know you do the the, some of the older ships with they don't have a music hall type of a scenario. Uh, They'll put the uh, multi purpose band in there uh, and do like pre nightclub shows. Uh, I've seen bingo go on in there. I've seen regular stand up comedy go on in there. And then during the day, like I said, there's bingo. But then. It's almost like an understood quiet room. It's almost like the New York City Long—I'm sorry, not New York City—Long Island Railroad. It's so weird. Like there is such, just this understanding on the Long Island Railroad. Long Island people are oh, a, a weird, a weird people. That's it's just strange. It's—they're very uptight. They're very boisterous. They're very in your face. They want to be heard. They all think they are professional comedians, except if you're on the Long Island Railroad. During commuter hours, during rush hours, it's almost like it's an entire train full of people waiting for someone to try to make noise. Okay, it's fully understood across the board that everybody's supposed to be quiet on the train. And if somebody breaks that code, you'll have a the shushes, the shush gang will come out. And that's kind of like what it was, especially this last cruise on the gem. When I went on the gem, you know, I was it was weird. And I'll I'll kind of give you I, I got a little depressed halfway through the cruise when the war broke out. So I was at sea. Usually when I when I'm at sea, I could me and Nick, we always joke around and there's always you know if I go to if I go on a cruise, a lot of times there's international conflict that happens coincidentally, ideally I think, but it just ends up being the way it is. And this time was no different except this time it was actual war broke out between Russia and the Ukraine. And there was a couple of days of escalation and then it was that time when Putin playing his only card kind of did that first threat of nuclear war or World War Three or nuclear proliferation. And it put me in a bad mood in the, you know, it, uh, on the ship it's like n- basically Putin was saying we've elevated our nuclear capability we we elevate we went to DEFCON 5 which our, our our version of that so they prepared all their nukes to be ready is what they did they said that through uh, they showed Putin saying that to some of his ministers of defense or whatever and there was a whole dog and pony show where they were like yes I, aye, aye sir or yes sir we got heard or you know yes sir they were gonna do it so at that point it was kinda still hot and heavy you were hearing about it and you know, you would check in on on TV, and you know the BBC or the you know CNN or Fox, or whatever. I looked at all three, and they were always talking about the uh, the escalation that was happening, and it was still really, really new. And at that point, it was sad because you're like, oh my gosh, is this like a real thing? Like, is this is this happening right now? And then I went into the uh, Spinnaker Lounge, and it was probably about noon, and there was literally no less than probably seventy five people in there just scattered throughout sitting there reading. Now, in my mind, I was like, this is just an eerie feeling. Is there just an across-the-board feeling of everybody uh, feeling like like something might break out and this is like almost like a vigil type thing? Now, I don't know. I want to say it wasn't. It was probably me just kind of just coming fresh off the news and hearing it and wondering and people just like, oh, you know what? Let's just, let's just enjoy these last couple of days of this cruise. Uh, who knows where things are going to go, but you know we're just quiet and deep into thought. And that was one th- another thing I saw on the Spinnaker Lounge. The Spinnaker Lounge is very very close in proximity to the uh, Ballyhoo Bar, uh, and that is the second story pool deck bar on a Norwegian cruise ship. So you can go. I mean, uh, dare I say it's basically the bathroom for the for the out uh, like if you're outside during the day you can be at the bar and if you gotta run to the bathroom you can run to the spinnaker which is I guess uh on the uh I think it's on the port port side door will take you right to the men's room. We used it all the time, and a lot of times there'd be stuff going on in the Spinnaker Lounge. It's just a good multi-purpose venue, uh, but like I said, a lot of the reasons why is repetitive uh, along with the Mad Hatter's Room, which is repetitive with a lot of the carnival multi-use venues that you are very, very familiar with. This venue is pretty much wherever you see the um, Punchliner Comedy Club in and a lot of the live band karaoke, amongst other things. Moving on, so, uh, and the Spinnaker on my experience was the Gem and the Pearl, okay, those are the two experiences I've had in a Spinnaker Lounge. The English Pub, the Royal Caribbean English Pub is a phenomenal venue. Now, it's hit or miss based on a few factors when it comes to how much it will be an effect on your particular cruise. For instance, the first time I was ever in the English Pub was on Oasis of the Seas, and this was pre The uh, amplification Now the first things I noticed When I got into that venue Was just Again Coming off of New York City scene And English British I'm sorry British and Irish pubs And things like that I was in I was immediately attracted to it uh, And I was with Kay Because of the I guess, old feel to it. Everything uh, that you've known about cruise ships is just immaculacy, very nice, uh, cookie cutter, clean, um, you know, just everything just, just ultra, ultra, what would you say, like modern, new, upkept very well, sleek. Now, this wasn't real. It had a real vibe of an English pub. You walked into this venue on the Oasis of the Seas and you can smell the draft beer that had seeped into the mahogany. And it just felt like, you know, it just the look, the feel, the smell, all of your senses were treated to what your perception of an English or Irish pub would be. And that's why I was immediately attracted to it. But I will have you know that there was never really any vibe on it on the Oasis of the Seas. People would go there very often. People would enjoy the draft beer, all the beer, and have a good time. They'd sit there when the parade would go by for the, uh, you know, when the, back then they were still doing the characters for, um, uh, who, who, what was the characters? They they had a partnership with somebody that they had all their characters. The um, oh, forgot. But it was cool. It was it was it was cool. But it was never never really like lit up until I we, me myself and uh, Sony and Nicole and Chris went on the Freedom of the Seas. They had a similar English pub. Now it wasn't the same size. Now you take a smaller ship with a little bit of a smaller venue, and don't forget. A much more livelier entertainer who was there to really kind of get the room going. And this first guy, yeah, he was hardly ever there. He was always putting playing songs that would put you to sleep. He was always taking breaks. He was always closing early if it wasn't crazy. And uh, you know, he just didn't really. You know, it was it was a perfect storm of. Uh, to provide for, a let's just say, an underwhelming experience at that particular venue. But when we went on, there was a group of Australian people there. There was a guy we, we forever nicknamed him Wine Dad, okay? There was a guy named Wine Dad there. <laughs> and the reason he was Wine Dad was because he was pounding wine, and he had an infant strapped to the front of him, you know, like one of those front packs with an infant in it, and he just wouldn't put the wine down. And then at some point you could tell that he was getting a little drunk and the kids, the, the the, the baby's head would, like, roll a little bit so as to, like, not necessarily be in the most stable position. But that didn't necessarily stop him from getting caught up in the vibe and the action. And every once in a while, his wife would kind of straighten him up and get the kid get the kid stabilized or whatever else. But then, you know, through the little... I'm not going to say he was on the dance floor doing breakdancing moves, but he was moving around. He was feeling the music. He was drinking his wine. And Wine Dad was definitely... Uh, not a hundred percent on his parenting game in this particular venue at on this particular evening, and we just named them all of us sitting at the table. Check out wine dad, uh, and then there was a group of Australians that I mean, if we were the life of the party, they were the life of the party. So we were having a good time. We were banging the banging the. Uh, our, 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 our empty mugs we were clapping we were slapping the table but then these like maybe 10 or 15 Australians were louder than us singing along requesting and they were dancing and they were grabbing people from us so we were all dancing in the middle of the- I mean this was the epitome of what we wanted we didn't the guy's name was uh, Josh Brown who was the guitar player, the singer-guitar player. His name was Josh Brown or something like that. We quickly decided that his name was Judge Joe Brown. We called him Judge Joe Brown for the rest of the cruise. Now, we had a lot of characters there. We had a rose. There was a woman who was dressed to the nines but probably was not a minute younger than 95 years old. But she was always smiling. She always had her act together, and she had she was bejeweled. She had her dress on, and she was in that pub too every night. We called her Rose. Called her Rose from the Titanic, and we're not talking about the the uh, you know the the, the, the pre sinking version. We're talking about the go back and dig, uh, uh, you know, try to deep dive and find the uh, find find whatever the, the the pearl, the jewel, whatever that thing was. The jewelry that she threw off, that version of Rose, but we called her Rose. But there was so much fun to be had in that venue. And then it happened again. I was on the Harmony of the Seas with Beatrix, and it was a little eh. Same thing on Oasis. I noticed that that particular venue did not go off. It was not a shit show like we like to have it, uh, except if it was a smaller ship on the Navigator, on the Mariner. And on the Freedom. And the Freedom is not a small ship. It's just not an Oasis-class ship. Uh, none of them are small ships. Just the Oasis is a different thing. And what we did was we had an absolute blast every single time. Adventure of the Seas. I can't believe. Have I been on three Voyager-class ships? Three, right? Yeah. Adventure, Mariner, and Navigator. And, yeah, the English pub was always good. So English pub, but it can't be an Oasis-class ship. Uh, moving on the Lyman Coconut Bar on Navigator of the Seas, okay? I've never enjoyed an outdoor bar venue. They all, Every single cruise ship has a pool deck, Lido deck, whatever you want to call it, and they have multiple bars out there for you to enjoy yourself at, okay? None of them touch what the Lyman Coconut Bar did on Navigator of the Seas. Multi-level bar, They dressed it up nice. They, instead of having, you know, they have the same kind of like, what would you call it? Stadium level uh, elevating platforms. But... Usually, instead of just putting random loungers there and then taking them down, you know, putting them up, taking them down, they had actual, like, patio furniture, uh, places you can kind of sit, kind of lay down, enjoy. Like, you felt like you were at an outside tiki bar. This never happens on a cruise ship. You had multi-levels. They had the bandstand right next to you as well. If you can go online and get a couple of shots of the lime and coconut bar. I know some of the stuff that I'm saying to you guys right now, I'm waxing poetically or trying to be poetic about it, and some of it is not necessarily translating because there's only so much you could do from a descriptive standpoint, and I'm trying to do the best I can with it. But the lime and coconut bar, how could I say it? It's like two or three levels on the ground floor then it actually has a rooftop as well the rooftop there's not much going on up there because i think a lot of people don't even know what's up there but they have seating and chairs and it is a little brutal when you're in the caribbean standing on that rooftop with um, uh, you know unobstructed view of the sun or should i say the sun has an unobstructed view of you so it can bear down on you and overpower you uh But whether you're on the first level, the second level, uh, the side little areas where it has like – and they also do like um, those outdoor patio lights, like those uh, street lights, the lights on on, on ropes – that kind of hang over. The whole thing again, Royal Caribbean being a cruise line that we all know about, they try to shut you down and send you inside after 5 o'clock. That's what they want to do. They want you to go inside. Everything that they do or have done in the past has been geared towards getting you inside to Deck 5, Deck 6, Deck 4 all those little inside entertainment areas. That's all they try to do. This was a break from that. Lime and Coconut on Navigator of the Seas was a break from that. You could tell there was staying open later, keeping the lights on longer, keeping the bar open and the music going later. And they this was like the first time I felt like on a Royal Caribbean ship where they wanted you and were welcoming you to hang out outside under the stars and get that seaside cruise experience even after dinner or at least during dinner in my case, which, um, whatever that case may be. Uh, atrium, okay, Carnival Paradise Atrium. I, you always, if you're on a carnival ship, right, you always have your plans on where you think you're going to go before after dinner, whether it's karaoke, whether it's a, a theater, whether it's a comedy club, whether it's a nightclub, whether it's a piano bar, whatever it is. There's all these things to do and places to go, alchemy bar, red frog rub, um, you know, anything. There's tons of stuff to do. You always just heard, for whatever reason, every time you'd go into that elevator, that middle elevator on a carnival ship, you'd hear some ruckus coming from the atrium of all places. Now, when I think atrium of a cruise ship, yes, there is a bar there. Yes, there is coffee there. But I always think of the atrium as a place where you want to conduct your business. You know, you're going to the atrium if. You got ripped off on a shore excursion. You're going to the atrium if you want to uh, make changes and and whatever else you want to do, some of your paperwork or whatever else it is. You have any questions on the excursions or if you uh, got overcharged for something, you have a question on what a bill means or what a charge means on your account. I think the atrium, I think, lines. If If there's a DMV on a cruise ship, I think of that as the atrium. But then every once in a while, you would hear just some ruck, ruckus coming from the atrium on Carnival cruise ships. I didn't necessarily pay much mind to it. Now, for years, I knocked the fantasy class of cruise ships, right? We know that. I, I just basically said, listen, look at Royal Caribbean. Look what they're doing. Carnival, why are you letting these rust buckets still sail out to sea? That was my stance on it. Now, the good thing about those "Quote unquote rust buckets" is the fact that they were you know they knew what they were lacking, so they knew what they had to concentrate on to make it better, and they did an absolutely great job of doing that. And that was to absolutely get these best cruise directors that they have to get the best entertainers they have and get the best DJs and at least make it a freaking party, make it a quote unquote fun ship, and. Here's another caveat. The atriums on the mid-range of So now they went back to doing grandiose atriums, but on the midday, for, let's just go from, uh, I don't know, from the conquest class through to the uh, dream class, the atriums are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Why? Because the more grandiose and wide open your atrium is, the less staterooms you're going to have. So if you shrink down the atrium, you're going to be able to put more staterooms in there. Now, on the fantasy class of cruise ships, the atriums were still like, I mean, they were just like opera houses. You, The way they tier them, in some cases, they can feel like Carnegie Hall. You just have just a sea of people. I don't know. What is it? Five, six rows up. It's very impressive, and it's very, very cool. And Carnival, being the entertainers they are, New to exploit this. And while on most of the cruise lines and cru- I'm sorry, cruise ships that I've gone on with Carnival, they did a good job of throwing some atrium parties. This was different. I randomly stumbled into a guy on the guitar playing an acoustic uh, playing acoustic guitar and shame on me for not knowing uh, a Jimmy Buffett song. But it was a couple of weeks before I was on this cruise ship and you guys all noticed that. You guys have ever seen that scenario when you don't know anything exists. You don't know something exists, right? And then someone hips you up to it, and now you know it exists, and then you start seeing it in your everyday life all the time. Oh, there's that thing that guy. Oh, there's that thing that girl mentioned to me. You were seeing it all the time, but you just weren't mention, you weren't noticing it because you didn't you didn't have any information on it. So I didn't know the freaking song, uh, A Pirate Looks at Forty by Jimmy Buffin. And my other friend who is also a manager in the business who he sent me that song he's also a country music mentor of mine shout out to hal and he told me about this song and i was driving around uh, i think it was, yeah i was driving around florida coming home from a, uh, a, a a work party for the country bar that i worked at at the farm of the owners of the country bar Now I'm driving home, I get this text, you know, know that song by Jimmy Buffett, Pirate Looks at 40, it's us, man, it just basically talks about us. So I played it, and I was like, holy shit, this is a good song, and yeah, I could definitely draw some parallels in my own life from this song, the Pirate Looks at 40 by Jimmy Buffett. And uh, I had never heard it before. So I'm stumbling around this fantasy class cruise ship, the Carnival Paradise. I walk past the atrium, there is a solo guitar guy playing a pirate looks at 40. He's sitting on that little area that's behind the bar and he's playing an acoustic guitar. Brother mother mother ocean and he's just playing that song. And I'm like, "Holy shit." So I sit down, I grab my drink and uh I start enjoying the song. This was the night after if you guys know the Hillary story. That was this was the night after that. And then uh, so I'm just listening to this and I'm hanging out enjoying it, thinking nothing of it. And then the bartender just kind of said to me, he's like, you know, after this is over, you want to make sure you, you keep that seat because it's going to get crazy in here. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's going to get crazy in the atrium of the carnival paradise. Yeah. It's the last night of the cruise. Yeah. The cruise director comes in, they play a game called name that tune. I'm like, Ooh, name that tune. Sounds like a real, real nanny. We're going to go. Cri-. No, no, no. It's not your average name that tune. I've said it before. Uh, Uh, It it was just the the cruise directors on these fantasy class ships, they go above and beyond and out of control. So out of nowhere, the DJ comes on, the cruise director comes on, and they start doing, uh, all right, we're going to start playing Name That Tune. And I see the room starting to fill up, and then I see the second tier starting to fill up, and then the third and fourth tier all starting to fill up with people, and then the DJ just drops. The intro to "Don't Stop Believing," and then the whole place is going nuts singing because he drops the music. The probably just a, just a small town, everybody every DJ knows. You play the intro to 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 "Don't Stop Believing," and when the guy starts singing, you drop the volume down, and then everybody starts singing. Obviously, same thing with "Living on a Prayer." Obviously, the same thing with "Ice Ice Baby." Um, obviously, the same thing with uh shook me all night long. There's certain songs you just drop the music and the crowd will play and then the whole, uh, uh, I guess, a charge of energy goes through the room. So they started it up doing that. And then they started playing dance songs, and the cruise director started going nuts, and he was throwing people. Next thing you know, he crowd surfed, jumped off the piano or jumped off the stage into the crowd. He's piano, uh, I was off the piano into the crowd, and he's crowd surfing, and everybody's going nuts. And I'm like, we're in the freaking atrium right now. And, you know, all three or four tiers were going nuts and having a good time. And, again, something that I've never experienced on anything other than a fantasy class of ships so for that reason the atrium on the carnival paradise is one of my favorite venues on any cruise ship and we are going to wrap it up with the last one and uh i would say probably about 75 percent of you know what this one is and it's one that's uh definitely close to my heart i could probably name about seven venues on this cruise ship, the Carnival Splendor, that are some of my favorite venues. I would say it's only half nostalgic, though. Like, Yes, it's nostalgic because it's the cruise ship that I've been on a lot of times. Yes, it's nostalgic because it was the one that sailed out of New York so many times, and we've had so many great great times on that particular ship. I've been to Canada on that ship. I've been to Cozumel on that ship. I've been to uh, St. Thomas on that ship. It's just a ship that's close to my heart, but it's not just the nostalgia of it. There, there are functional reasons as to why it is my favorite cruise ship of all time, and I'll probably never sail on her again because she's she was going to Australia. Pandemic hit. Australia bans cruising. They were going to bring it back. I was like, where well, they going to bring it back? I might get on her again. No, they're going to bring it back to the west coast Australia. I mean, I'm a west west coast and Alaska. So I'm like, yeah, I guess not. And then now I hear they're bringing it back to bringing her. How dare I? Uh, bringing her back to Australia. So she underwent a huge, huge dry dock, and the purpose of the dry dock was to Australia size the ship. Now they already ruined it a little bit because they made the aft portion of the ship, which is what my favorite venue of all time is, they turned it into a Serenity. So there was nothing serene about some of the times we've had on that aft pool deck. And I don't need to go into it necessarily but um, because we all just know I've gone into it so many times. And what it, what it is is just the layout. If you see some of the pictures, the overhead shots of that particular venue, it's just an attractive place to be. The way it's contoured, most of the aft, uh, aft portions of the carnival ships uh, that have a pool, they're rounded out. And it just kind of looks like any other cruise ship. There's a sleekness to the Carnival Splendor aft pool, and we all know it's it, it's, it's the only one. It's one of one because of the fact that you know it's it's the only class. It's only ship within its class. It's the Splendor class, and they didn't make another one. Uh, there's a couple for Costa, but it, this ship was supposed to be for Costa, but they brought it over here, and that's what it was. Uh, the Concordia. I found out is the sister a sister ship of the Carnival Splendor same cruise line same I guess hull design and everything else but if you look at some of the overhead shots if you google image some of the overhead shots of that particular you know and what's the big deal the thing you can't say why you like to go to certain bars certain nightclubs cuz you walk into them and you feel comfortable oh, I like this place well why do you like this place I don't know I can't tell you why uh, or I just like the way it feels I like the way it looks I like I like what they did to it it's the perfect layout. It's got it comes right out of the buffet area, and then on the back of the ship, it's got a contoured, slick design. It's got that cool pool that you know you can sit on the edge and you can kind of dangle your feet in it if you want, or you can go in it if you want. It's got the bar right next to it. It's got the hot tubs that are on either side. It's got, it's got it's just a very 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 pleasant place to be, especially dare I say when that sun is going down and many many. Many vodka gray goose and soda cocktails with the little dinky limes have uh, been consumed in in this particular area and I just love it the one day the, the one day I could just say that was probably one of the best times we ever had on it was the day that you know we made friends with the DJ and uh you know there was a there was an adults only party they just did an adults only party but this was no serenity party this was a dj driven. Not dance party, but like a like a what would you say? Like a maybe the closest thing you'd see to a Vegas style pool party on the deck. But they were playing all types of music, and the guy brought a um, he brought a, he brought a, a volleyball. It's amazing if you give a bunch of adults, young adults, liquor and music and a pool how much a volleyball can bring to the table. That volleyball was going everywhere. We were waiting for the volleyball to come to us. So many unsuspecting people got hit in the head with the volleyball. And yes, of course, within about two or three hours, the volleyball ended up in the Atlantic Ocean. But either way, it was just fun. It was comfortable. It was communal. Uh, another highlight, uh, the legendary Nick started. Uh, me and him did it together. We started an official cannonball competition. So we got literally everybody on the sh- on the back deck. We communicated with everybody. We started pointing people out. I want a cannonball out of you. People were doing corkscrews. So by the time the afternoon was done, I would say like 75% of the people on that back de- deck had done a cannonball with Nick. And myself, we're just doing cannonballs. And everybody got into it. Everybody was vibing. Everybody started getting drunk. And then at the end, we all got around the pool. So everybody was mobbed around the pool in a big circle. And these are otherwise strangers before this moment. But the entire back deck got together and did a simultaneous cannonball. And this, I mean, just incredible monstrous splash just came up from it and then there was a big celebration and we made a lot of friends on the cruise because of that particular moment so that was a good time hopefully you guys enjoyed my uh i guess what from my percept per, uh perspective what some of the best venues on any cruise ship i've been on have been hopefully there'll be a plenty more in the future that we'll be able to do this again at some point and that's pretty much it again Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Let me know some of your favorite venues on any cruise ship. Uh, We love your emails. We don't have any this week, so we're hoping to get some for next week, and we will read them. Also, the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Uh, You know what? Let me back up, guys. I want to talk a little bit about what's coming up, okay? And I got to get on the phone with the lovely Sandra in a little while. Sandra, 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 and we got to talk about because she's adding somebody to her room. She was going to initially go solo. Now, the thing about the Pirates and Pier Runners group cruise, okay, I'll repeat it. The Always Be Booked Pirates and Pier Runners group cruise that's going to take place on October 15th of this year. We already got about, I don't have a head count. There's about 20 people so far. I expect to push it, you know, towards or maybe past 30. We'll see what happens, but I'm just really, really pumped about this. It's an eight-night sailing on Allure of the seas out of Fort Lauderdale, right? And we're going to Curacao, Labadee, and 12 hours in Aruba, okay? This is going to be a very, very special cruise. I want you to go with us. I want you to join us on this cruise. If you're listening to this, I want you on this ship. I hope you go. If you would like to, just book it October 15th on the Allure of the Seas. If you'd like my help, yes, it would help me out if you let me book it for you. That would be great. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I'll get you a room. No problem. Um, But either way, the most important thing is that you just join us and you let me know you're on so that we can... Create a buzz. We're gonna do the bar crawls. We're gonna have the pure cruise bliss. We're gonna do the meetups. We're gonna have the big dinners. Hopefully, who knows what the hell's gonna happen in Aruba? I, I plan to circum circumnavigate. We got time in Aruba. My plan is to circumnavigate the whole island and stop at the Z Rovers, stop at Baby Beach, get on the four wheeler and do the um you know do the sunset dune buggy rides and this and that. All of it. All of it. We're gonna do the things. We're going to have boat drinks. We're going to get an Aruba sunset together as a group. And you damn well better realize that there's going to be a pier run. And we're going to experience pure cruise bliss. So that's all I could say. Hopefully you guys can join us on that. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you want me to help you. If you don't, and you're, uh, you want to book it on your own, just do it, and then let me know that you're booked, so that I can kind of just consider consider you for all the festivities and everything like that. But that's about it. Like I said, Instagram always be booked. We even got YouTube out there. Some ship tours. You guys are the best. Boat drinks cones.
0: There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worry you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand one part sea And one part set of them nine on tree, And the drinks set are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You could worry you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Good Island somewhere Where I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away To where the bullies from It takes away I love your big problems You could worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the bullies from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down to where the boat leaves from it takes away. I look your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from, so get away. To where the boat leaves from it takes away. I look your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the So get away. To where the boat leaves from it takes away. I look at big problems, you got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the police from.